Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode deals with the current events swirling around Season 3, Part 7 of Twin Peaks The Return. When Showtime aired it in 2017, that summer, Trump was president. Um, there was, you know, what films were being released and so forth. So we'll talk about all that here. Part 7 aired on Sunday, June 18th, 2017. That weekend, the number one film in the country was Cars 3, grossing $53.6 million dollars. Pixar's least prestigious but perhaps most popular franchise got another entry this weekend, earning surprise plaudits from critics for tackling themes of aging in a poignant manner as the star race car Lightning McQueen is shown up by a new hot rod with advanced technology. So I'm guessing in this world the cars race themselves. Uh, As you can probably tell from that question, I don't have children. I haven't seen cars. The two things, as I understand, go pretty well together. This is, of course, a perennial theme for Pixar. Uh, aging features into Toy Story and uh, all of the Toy Stories, really, but also The Incredibles, WALL-E, and in a somewhat different manner, Up. As far as the news goes, about a month and a half after the centrist independent Emmanuel Macron beat the far-right Marie Le Pen in France's presidential election, his party, La République en Marche, won a majority in the legislature. The party at this point was a brand new invention, cobbled together from the nation's more moribund institutes of center-left and center-right, and its success, more likely than not, reflected enthusiasm for Macron as a bulwark against what many on both left and center, and even some on the right, viewed as a dangerous swell of xenophobic populism in the form of Le Pen and the National Front. However, this majority wouldn't last. By 2020, defections from left members of the coalition formed a new party, and killed Macron's parliamentary majority. And in subsequent municipal elections, the party was crushed by ecological concerns, a general perception that Macron had governed too favorably to the right, with few concessions to the left, giving environmentalists in particular a cause to rally around. At this moment, however, back in 2017, he and his party were ascendant as a sign in the wake of Trump, Brexit, and Eastern European nationalist conservatism, that globalization and neoliberalism might have some staying power after all. So we'll see how that holds up in 2022, because I believe this is the year that he's going to be rematched uh, against Marie Le Pen. Presumably, uh, I assume she would be the National Front candidate once again. As with a few weeks ago, when I discussed the Pirates of the Caribbean film at the time that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's trial was about to come to a verdict, Uh, The current events of 2022, when I'm releasing this podcast publicly, uh, coincide pretty neatly with the events that I'm describing five years ago. So in this case, uh, Macron, although he won his election, uh, the the presidential election a month or two ago, his party just like two days ago lost the parliamentary election. So he no longer has an absolute majority in France. So what we just discussed happening almost exactly five years ago at the time this episode aired, has just basically been undone uh, in real time, if you're listening to this live. Time Magazine's cover this week, uh, for the week of June 12th, 2017, was The Good Son, and uh, it featured the president's son-in-law and closest advisor glancing smugly over his shoulder in a tight close-up, and a striking image emphasized by the small text of The Good Son, with its faintly printed caption, The Trials of Jared Kushner. Often depicted as a clueless airhead socialite out of his depth in Washington, but serenely unbothered by this fact, Kushner comes off differently in this profile, which hones in on his dogged rebuilding of the family name after his father was arrested, convicted, and imprisoned for blackmailing his own sister, Jared Zayant, 
with a videotape of her husband in bed with a prostitute. A real estate mogul and media owner in his 20s, like William Randolph Hearst, he cut his teeth by purchasing a newspaper with family wealth, Kushner would not really draw close to his wife Ivanka's dad until the political campaign of 2015 is 16. Despite being a liberal Democrat, he saw immense growth potential in what Trump was doing. A massive rally convinced him what was out there beyond his elite bubble. And henceforth, he treated the exercise as a business, which he would help navigate. This, of course, also got him into trouble with 2017 investigators, who dug up his meetings with various Russian figures during the period, although no real legal or even long-standing political consequences would come of this. Handed the portfolio of achieving peace in the Middle East, which essentially amounted in his mind to handing a blank check to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, an old family friend who stayed at his parents' estate years earlier, Kushner may also have steered Trump away from the Bannon-esque populism that helped him win in 2016. This was much to the dismay of right-wingers, who sought a new realignment in U.S. political culture, but given Trump's even better, if ultimately losing, numbers in 2020, Kushner may have recognized the deeper truth, that at this point, Trump's followers were simply on board for Trump himself, so the president could afford to jettison any attempt at a concrete blue-collar appeal. That's it for this episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can support this work also on patreon.com slash lostinthemovies. Tomorrow's episode is, as with every Thursday, you know, we follow the same pattern every week, it's in the weeds. So looking at the order of events, trying to parse the chronology of what we see, because it's not always exactly how the scenes unfold on screen. Uh, also looking at the characters, the rankings, who's in the episode the mo- most, uh, how they're sort of doing overall in terms of their screen time, have they been in a lot of episodes and so forth. And then also, of course, Coffee Pie and Donuts. So without further ado, drum roll please, we present the actual voice of Jared Kushner. The Department of Defense, for example, still uses eight-inch floppy disks. No wonder nobody focused on what he was saying. The Trump administration got it done. I don't believe it. This is like finding out mermaids have legs, tweeted someone stunned to find Kushner has a voice. Others drew parallels. Jared Kushner's voice sounds like a young Michael Sarah. Wow, a Mr. Manager. Kushner's silence was mocked on SNL. And I was sitting in my... Little Kush ball, Jared Kushner. You're unbelievable. I know you don't like talking, but why don't you take it away? God, you're such a cute little twink. Hello from New York. It's, it's so-